Good morning, Whitlock High. Dan Decker here taking over today's morning announcements. Yo, so uh, check this out. You know what my favorite part of the morning is? Before my feet hit the ground, I already know I'm a winner. And when I look in the mirror, it's confirmed. And when I go to school, it's confirmed. And whenever I'm like, hey girl, can I get to know you a little bit more? It's confirmed. Look, I'm sure everybody can relate to that. So, all right, I'm just gonna let these dope posts take it from here. And remember, grab the day by the horns. Go Whitlock! Welcome back to AP Bio, the podcast. I'm Sari Arambolo. And I'm Eddie Levy. And today is all about episode 307, Aces Wild. Written by Shelly Gossman and Brendan Jennings and directed by Oz Rodriguez. So in this episode, Jack discovers that Anthony is lying to his grandmother about being a part of an underground wrestling league with Hans the Janitor. Jack, Lynette, and the AP Bio class show Anthony that he is more than a lowly footstool and can step into the center ring as his own persona. Trash Phoenix, bird of pain. Did I do that right? That was really good. That was great. (laughs) I'm impressed. (laughs) Meanwhile, at Whitlock, Helen develops a vaping habit to Durbin's dismay, and Steph is terrified that Geology Dave may be her baby daddy. Oof. Ah, Eddie, you have no idea how excited I am to talk to you about Aces Wild. (coughs) Because this is such an Anthony episode. I just couldn't be prouder of the work you did here and... Now I get to interview you for a change, which is a fun little switcheroo. (laughs) So let's start from the beginning. What was it like getting this script for the first time? Well, I got this script and I was terrified. I, you know, I knew nothing about wrestling and I, I was obviously so grateful for the material and for, you know, all of, for the arc that they gave Anthony, but I really didn't see the connection between like wrestling and, and my character. But as soon as I did some research and I learned more about the world of wrestling and I got to talk to our consultant, Ryan Nemeth, and I really immersed myself in that world. I was like, Oh, it's like the most melodramatic theatrical sport ever. Like this is exactly what Anthony would want to do. Um, and I think it just shows we really have to trust the writers and know that they are going to lead us in the right direction because it was the perfect thing for Anthony to participate in. It, it lined up with him perfectly. And going off of that, I completely 100% agree with how it was so aligned with Anthony's character, not only in terms of the performance with the theatricality of wrestling, but can we just give a shout out to Wardrobe because these outfits were seriously insane. What they put you in for these wrestling matches were incredible. I still remember when you texted me, oh, I have a wardrobe fitting, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, yay, like send me some photos. I still remember when you sent me a photo and I screamed. I was unwell after I saw it because it was seriously the best thing ever. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty epic because... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> they they just showed me the inspiration board, and a huge inspiration for the costume was Billy Porter's Met Gala look. And I'm obsessed with Billy Porter. He's such a model for me. So the fact that that was one of their inspirations for my Trash Phoenix look just shook me to my core. And again, like putting on that cape and putting and seeing my wingspan in that. I mean, that was just, that was such a moment. And again, I had three different looks in, in this episode and, and they got all of my looks custom made. They brought other people on to, to make sure everything fit correctly. And just, I felt so taken care of by the entire costume crew and, for me, having my entrance as Trash Phoenix, it was one of the coolest moments of my life, probably one of my favorite onset memories, um, because there was sort of this garage door that was opening, and there was like all of this fog, and the garage door was opening really slowly, and I honestly felt like Beyonce in this moment, <laughs> and just having this epic reveal, and you know, Oz showed me that day, he showed me the monitor of what my entrance looked like. And I, I honestly got emotional watching Aww. it, you know, for someone like me to have this moment, you know, I don't see a lot of people like me on television and, and for our writers and our producers to really give me and my character such a great moment to really just stand in his light and stand in his power. I, I am just so thankful and I could not be more grateful for making my Beyonce dreams come true. I was once a lowly footstool who dreamed he could be a flamingo that soared above the heavens. My dreams were thrown in the trash by you, Desnell Midnight. But from the ashes of filth, I am reborn! Behold! I am Trash Phoenix, and I am here to take your throne, King of Diamonds! You were big. You were Queen B. (laughs) All right, everyone, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut your mouth. Shut up. Shut your mouth. Shut up. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. This Emmy Award winner has been a part of AP Bio since day one. Having directed the pilot and a total of eight episodes on the series, all the way from the Dominican Republic, please welcome Oz Rodriguez. Oz! Hello! Hi! Oh my gosh! Hi, hi, hi. (laughs) We always like to start our interviews by asking our guests, what were you like in high school? You know, I was the coolest dude ever. No, I was a big old nerd. <laughs> oh. Yeah, of course. I was a nerd world. I, I grew up in the Dominican Republic, and it's definitely a little different in the DR high school than it is in the U.S. Like, when I did AP Bio, I actually had to do research on how you guys do your high school, because uh, mm-hmm. we were just, a, it's a little different, yeah. And, and the short answer is, I was a nerd. You know, I'm not surprised. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, there's, as the show shows, there's levels of nerds. So uh, we're all nerds. That's Everyone's true. A nerd. exactly. Everyone's a nerds out about something. And I would also love to hear sort of how you got your start in the entertainment industry as a filmmaker. Is this something you knew you wanted to do from a young age? Sure. So uh, let's, my nerdiness was watching movies and TV. I watch a lot of movies and I would go and come back to high school on Monday and be like, yeah, did you guys see Pulp Fiction? And I was like, huh? Uh, <laughs> so I was, I was just very into movies. And then when I started watching like behind the scenes and stuff like that, where you sort of start seeing like, oh, 
people work in this thing and then then until you start figuring out what the jobs are um yeah I, I wanted to be a director that was that was the dream uh so i was in the dominican republic there was no film school there so i graduated high school and i started doing my research at the same time i went to college in the dr at the same time i started editing with some uh, a friend of mine and i moved to la went to film school met uh my friend matt Velines in film school and with matt and dave near geology yes. dave yeah i don't know if you guys know that i know dave i don't so That's i've awesome. met i've done 50 things 50 shorts with dave uh he's one of my best friends i've known wow. him forever yeah so uh yeah. i mean i wouldn't be here without if i had not worked with dave uh so yeah matt dave and i started doing shorts and we put them online and then uh one day we got this email from this company called super deluxe starting to do sketches online and they gave us money it was like the first time i got paid to direct which was really exciting um so we had like a job for a year and a half uh and then they ran out of money and then uh <laughs> so then you know there was a couple sad months there but then we ended up going back to we ended up uh, at funny or die um and we were making shorts while that website was uh going popping off uh so we started working with all these celebrities and um from there i got the call from snl and uh it was my joke is like the majors called me up uh so yeah once i got to snl that that really changed everything wow oh and that's where i met mike o'brien so, as you just said, you've known Mike O'Brien from your SNL days. Um, we see that you started working there uh, in 2012. Um, and I would love to hear more about your days at SNL, as well as how that relationship with Mike went to conceptualizing the AP Biopilot with him. Sure. Um, so, in 2012, uh, I started SNL. I went there with Matt. Um, so, yeah, I think Mike had been there maybe a year or two. I don't forget, uh, I don't remember when we got in there uh, and immediately responded to, to Mike's sensibilities. And on our fifth show, hosted by Bruno Mars, uh, Mike O'Brien wrote a sketch called so cool. Sad Mouse. And they read it at the table and it was very different than the others because it, uh, it was Mike's humor, but it was also like Mike, there was some sweetness in there and also some, some, uh, some salt. Uh, so it's it very <laughs> Mike O'Brien. Uh, I did well at the table. And at that point we were sort of the, the new guys. So, uh, it was sort of a weird idea. So Lauren and the producers were like, well, let the new guys do it. And then, uh, so it was the first thing I worked on with Michael Bryan. It was super, I mean, it's still one of my favorite shorts, if not my favorite thing I did at SNL, which means I peaked on my fifth show. Uh, but it was, it was very sweet. Uh, and, uh, we shot with Bruno Mars. We took him out to Times Square. And then this is a crazy story. We were able to shoot with him for like 45 minutes in Times Square. No one find out because there was a fake Snoop Dogg, a Snoop Dogg impersonator. And all these people thought he was the real Snoop Dogg. So all these people were like lining up and crowding this fake Snoop Dogg. And then in the meantime, we had like a real celeb, like <laughs> 10 feet away. It was crazy. So we shot for like That's hilarious. Um, yeah, that was the first time uh, I worked with uh, with Mike and it's the, the short did well. And um, 
yeah, then we got to a point where Lauren sort of kept asking for Michael Bryant pieces, and it was awesome. We collaborated, we did a bunch of weird things, and they let us do a bunch of crazy things. Like we did this animated thing called Dragon Babies with Charlize Theron, and like it's insane for me even to say that. Like, that is, <laughs> yeah, the names you are dropping right now, right? It's wild. Uh, I remember him telling us about the idea of Rapey Bio and sending us this, like he wrote two pilots and he sent us the script he developed with Steph and uh, uh, they pitched it at Universal and uh, I was very excited that he asked me to come uh, join him in directing it. And yeah, it, it was, it's, I love collaborating with Mike because he is, uh, he's very funny, great writer, but also excited for a director to come and sort of do his, their job and add to the visual look of the, 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 the show. And, and we took some wild swings, as you guys know, AB Bio looks different than a lot of shows. So, uh, like for example, I pitched him like maybe not using it much, uh, as much red in the show because Jack's, um, in the first season, he had just left Harvard and miles was in Stanford and that's the job he wanted. And those two schools are, uh, red is their color. So it felt like red mm. was his aspirational color. So by taking that color away, we ended up with this interesting color palette that we have in, in, in the show now. Wow. <laughs> You're just I my love mind. that. <laughs> that detail is like yes. amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Wow. Because, wow. It was really exciting. Mike went with a bunch of interesting ideas. Like, I didn't want to shoot it handheld the way we do singles on people. Like, they just look different than other shows. Uh, yeah, I think he, it, it was it was really exciting collaboration with Mike and then Blake when he came in. Blake McClure, the DP, we've known for a while. Uh, it was uh, yeah, he let us get get weird. I remember you, Oz, um, in my audition. Did you have a big hand in casting as well? Uh, yeah, I was. I was. Uh, I was in the room with with Mike, and I. It was really cool just to see you guys come in. Um, did you have a Drake shirt? What kind of shirt did you have? Yes, yes, I wore my Drake <laughs> I shirt. Really yes, remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was really yes. cool because he knew that he wanted the whole class to participate in the whole season, and so that's why we were really careful in in in, in casting people because uh, we knew that these kids were going to have everybody was going to have their adventure at some point. So, and oh, awesome. what we love about this show is how you know, the world just feels so populated now. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think that's a testament to you guys really, you know, making some great choices back then. I mean, when I think about Marissa or Yu Yao and how they've oh evolved, God, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's beyond. And it just makes me so happy that you guys knew that from the beginning, that this was going to be, you know, an important element of the show. So, so we want to, before we get into season three, We'll take a little step back to season two and just acknowledge how much we missed you during that season because you were such a busy guy and you were just working on, you know, this this movie for um, this little network called Netflix. <laughs> it's called thank Vampires you. versus the Bronx. And we'd love to just hear more about that project. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's called Vampires versus the Bronx on Netflix. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a movie about three kids that discover that their uh, neighborhood is changing, people are going missing, and they realize that the 
forces behind us are some evil vampires. But really, it was my way to talk about gentrification and also yeah. make a fun movie where these yeah. like kids go on these adventures and you know fight impossible odds and save the neighborhood. I wanted to tell a version like that, but with kids that look like me and my friends growing up. And I also wanted to tell a story that had people that came from uh, immigrant backgrounds, especially Dominican, uh, but also make a fun movie. So I was trying to tackle all these themes, but at the end, I just wanted to make a fun movie where kids kick butt and fight vampires. So I pitched it to uh, to Lorne, and he helped me uh, put it together. And we shot it over the summer. Um, yeah, and I missed season two because of that, but I heard great things and uh, <laughs> amazing episodes. But it all worked out because I came back for season three, and now Netflix has is releasing Vampires vs. the Bronx to the world. Well, speaking of, we were so happy to have you back for season three, and we actually got the opportunity to have you direct not one, not two, not three, but four episodes this season, which was Yay. amazing. So could you tell us a little bit more going back off of what you were talking about with developing the pilot and being there for season one, could you tell us a little bit more about the evolution from season one to season three of AP Bio? How you? Well, I'm about to blow your mind one more time with some way back information. So uh, my approach wasn't that crazy different because I had done a few episodes in the beginning. Uh, so I sort of came in with the same mindset. I've, I've worked with Mike, Mike so many times, but, um, but I, it was cool to see the stories, uh, the evolution of the characters. There was, there was changes. There were new people. There were Jack's or goals were different and Jack's interaction with the, with the students were different. So it was exciting to go back and, and work in, in at Whitlock, but sort of with this new, mindset um and then we had a new dp blake and clerk can do it but and we worked with dave jones so as far as the visual of that it was very easy to work with dave jones because dave jones shot some of those early videos i was telling you with matt and dave so i've known dave jones since wow. film school. oh my gosh <laughs> so, yeah so what dave jones heck? has shot so many things with me so it was uh Aww. So it was it was so easy to go back to Whitlock and then to work with Dave Jones again, who I've known since film school was 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 awesome. It is just so inspiring to see, you know, you sort of like bringing your friends along with you and being able to sort of work with them as you all progress in your careers. Like, I think it's just so cool that you're that you're doing that and continue to do so. Um, But getting into the main event Ace is Wild. That is the episode we are (laughs) focusing on today. So I I know, I learned while working with you on this episode that you did feel a special connection to wrestling growing up. So I would love to hear sort of your first reactions when you um, read this script and also how you let that love of wrestling sort of guide you as you were preparing this episode. Uh, growing up in the Dominican Republic, I would watch wrestling. I watched the, it was called WWF then. Um, but there was also a, uh, the Dominican wrestling federation. So I like really, my wrestling was the Dominican version, which is a little more janky than like the WWE. But, uh, yeah, like there was a time in my life where this guy called Jack Veneno, Jack Venom, 
was my hero. And he was a wrestler, um, uh, but like, you know, Dominican. So it was, it was a big deal back home. And like at SNL, I've worked with The Rock and John Cena. And those guys are such good. They're really tailor-made for SNL because wrestling is, is theater in a way. It's, it's performing and sort of being and hyping it up for the crowd. So, so they really do well in, in, at SNL. Um, so yeah, then Mike told me about the idea. There's going to be a wrestling episode. I said, I have to and must do that. So <laughs> I was so excited when I got the script. I, I could not wait to do it. Um, and then Brendan, who was one of the co-writers, is also a huge wrestling head. And then we met uh, Ryan, who became our, uh, he was our wrestling coach or wrestling guide. Yes, that's right. And let's hear from Ryan Nemeth to tell us a little bit more. What's up, guys? My name is Ryan Nemeth. I am a professional wrestler. I formerly worked for the WWE as a sports entertainer, aka pro wrestler. Uh, Most recently, I got to act and wrestle on the newest season of GLOW. So I worked on this episode as the wrestling consultant. I think that is a pretty good kind of kind of catch-all umbrella phrase because I did a lot. I was in the writer's room when they were kind of thinking about writing the episode, and then I came back when they had a draft of the script, and um, it was so fun to just kind of like answer questions that the writers had about like, what are wrestlers like in real life? What do they wear? Where do these shows happen? And then uh, kind of helping them with dialogue, like certain words and terms that wrestlers use. And I got to be involved in the production meetings as far as wardrobe, like what do these guys wear? And I helped them find a wrestling ring because you need a wrestling ring if you're going to do a show about wrestling. So uh, I connected them to someone who owns a ring. Um, yeah, wrestling is a very unique thing in that when we go out and wrestle in front of a crowd, there is no do-over. There is no second chance. We're not rehearsing in the back before the show. So it was very different to, you know, coordinate a match and wrestle myself and to kind of ask other wrestlers to do certain things in the ring uh, over and over and over again. So we had to be careful to choose moves and maneuvers that weren't especially painful and... I wanted them to look painful, of course. So what we coordinated, or what I what I came up with, especially for the, for the scene where it was Eddie and Ron Funches wrestling together, I wanted that to be very basic and easy, but fun and showy without anybody getting hurt. So that was uh, kind of tricky because you want it to look cool and you want it to look professional, but you don't want these actors, you know, breaking their neck out there, especially if they're going to have to do it over and over and over again. I brought in a wrestler who was known as Damian Sandow in WWE, and he was a main event guy for many years, and he was he's one of my best friends, and it was so cool to get him cast as Tennessee Ronnie Log. <laughs> he was so perfect for it. And we brought in a legendary ring announcer, Lillian Garcia. I mean, she's a fixture as far as Monday Night Raw and wrestling fans are concerned. Smackdown, I mean, she's done everything. And so having all these people involved in this episode was just so special to me. And again, just so fun. So, so, so fun. So, yeah, we were we got to work on this wrestling for like a week or two, right, Eddie? Like, yeah, just to see you like become a wrestler was awesome. 
It was really cool. I mean, it was definitely a challenge for me. It put me out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm sort of the opposite as Oz, where I didn't know jack about wrestling. (laughs) But um, the more I learned about it, I mean, Oz, you really sort of said it earlier, it is theater, and I am very theatrical. (laughs) So I, I, when I linked that in my brain, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, you can really have fun with it. And for me, having the presence, not only with Ryan Nemeth, who was a great coach and consultant for us um, that week, but also just to have, when we were shooting it, to have all of those people that were in the WWE and some are still in it, being able to watch them, you know, do their thing so well was so helpful for me um, before I shot my sequence with Ron. Now I'm Tom Cruise, and you're Oprah. Ah! <laughs> Come on, Anthony! Now Cruise, and I'm Oprah. Oh, Oprah. Ron Funches yes. and Hans was a friggin' pro. He had taken class. Like, he knew. Yes. It was so great, and it was such a great challenge. And I would love to hear from your end when we were in the ring, and you had multiple wrestling sequences to shoot, not just Ron and myself. You know, what are the challenges as the director to, you know, make sure you're covering all of these sequences well um, for when you're, you know, back in the edit bay and have to put it together? Yeah, we, we had to prep really hard for the, for those scenes. Um, you know, there's there's days where I I generally know what we're doing with like you know we're gonna shoot Jack and we're gonna shoot his side and then the reactions. But with this wrestling scene, we had to really shot list and figure out uh, a plan. It was really exciting because uh, it, you know it's it's like an action action scene in a way. So it was exciting to to, to do that. Uh, I do a lot of comedy, but you don't get to do things like that usually. So. Yeah, we worked with uh, Ryan to sort of talk about what the right angles were to shoot you so you look great doing your thing. And then, you know, we had some stunt doubles. So, like, those are also conversations like what angles do we shoot these stunt doubles to match? And I feel like I feel like the moment where, you know, Anthony does the, the body slam works really nicely. Yes. So, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was challenging because we had to also, like, just even like figuring out how to make this set at universal. Like how do we make this uh, set that is technically in a basement too. So, and Phoenix had to go out and find a a person that makes costumes for actual wrestlers and they looked amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was challenging, but, but really fun. It's, it it made the hard work uh, really exciting and worth it. That's awesome. I mean, it looks incredible, truly. Every yeah. detail, it, it just makes it. And speaking of challenges, would like to note that not only did we deal with those sort of challenges, but there was the threat and challenge of COVID-19 that was sort of just kind of starting in the U.S. And I remember being on set and there were just so many questions and such chaos mm-hmm. because everyone kind of just just didn't really know what was, what was going to happen. Um, so we'd love to just hear more about what it was like and that experience for you to navigate filming such a challenging episode while every day getting new information about the pandemic. 
Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a pretty wild week because uh, you know you kept hearing news about the virus and it getting closer, and there was some. Uh, it, it, it just it seemed inevitable that that it was going to get to the U.S. I also had a friend in Italy, and he was kind of giving me the play by play of how it was over there, and it was like basically the same thing we went through just like two weeks later. But at the same time, we had to we had this huge crowd scene that we had set up. So, uh, but I would say that during the days of wrestling, uh, there was there was a fear of like, oh, this there's a thing that's going to come, but right now we're okay. And we're here with friends, everyone's here. But then actually the day after the wrestling scenes, uh, we were in, in Helen's office and that was the day that uh, Tom Hanks got announced that he got it. And that was the day that the NBA got canceled or suspended. Um, yeah. So that, that was the, that was a really, oh crap moment of like, whoa, this is, this is a real thing. Like, I don't know why Tom Hanks and the NBA made it a real thing for all of us. But then all of a sudden there were like more hand sanitizers and people were a lot more <laughs> care- careful. Um, and then we still had two days. Uh, so every day there were, it, I remember just washing my hands a ton and just people being a lot more careful, but also like, there's still a lot of people. And like on my last day, we shot the scenes with Durbin, uh, uh, in in the hallways with all those extras so that was also terrifying um yeah. and then i remember the the on my last day which was the we shot those scenes with durbin and helen uh there was a meeting in the be- at the beginning of the day just stay sort of like stay safe and uh we're cleaning here just sort of a general update about what we're doing and then at lunch there was another meeting with the whole crew uh, and they were sort of talking about regulations that Universal was going to have and how to deal with this. And, and we were all asking questions. And then by the end of that day at night, Barbara came in and basically said, we're taking a two-week break and uh, it's done. And <laughs> but, then we never came back. <laughs> and then we never came back. But the only sliver of goodness was that I we were able to finish Aces Wild. Because that was, uh, yeah. it all got shut down on my last day. Um, but yeah, it was two weeks and uh, yeah, I re- it, you were supposed to come back. It feels like an eternity ago. I mean, just to think about that and think about how much has changed since then. Um, it, it's insane. And I'm, I'm so grateful that the timing was on our side um, with that yeah. one. Definitely. But, um, but we would also, before we let you go, I would like to ask, having watched this episode back, and you know what? It doesn't even have to be about this episode since you're such a huge part of the AP Bio family. Maybe any episode in season three. Um, do you have any... a particular moment or a particular scene that when when you watched it back you were just like oh i'm really proud of that and and that was a highlight for you to work on ace is wild and then the first episode too with uh the dollhouse all the stuff we did in there are 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 really stand out for me just just how like they're so funny but also we did some really cool fun stuff and then we've really messed up a real dollhouse there yeah that was crazy. <laughs> that was so fun. And Oz, we are just so grateful to know you and work with you. Again, for me, this episode was terrifying, but knowing that you were our director 
it just put me at such ease because I knew I could I could trust you and come to you with anything and and you made this experience um really a dream come true so I I appreciate you and your guidance and I I really hope we can work together soon someday oh, heck yeah. <laughs> when everything's safe got season four. next up on today's double duty we bring you the co-writer of this week's episode please welcome to the center ring your favorite tv janitor brendan jennings hi my name is brendan jennings i play Dale the Janitor, and since season two, I've been a writer for AP Bio, and I also co-wrote Aces Wild with the great Shelly Gossman. Did you hear that, Shelly? said you were great. Um, well, I have been friends with Mike O'Brien for a very long time. Came up through the Chicago Improv scene together, um, and I actually got asked to audition for the pilot, so that was really cool. I went in and read for Principal Durbin, actually. And it was amazingly cool to kind of walk into the room and see one of your buddies for years and then get to audition for him. I guess that part was weird. It was fun to see him, and then it was weird to do an audition for him. (laughs) But after that, I actually got cast as Dale in the pilot. Um, So there's a fun little fact. Dale was actually in the pilot, but as pilots tend to go in Hollywood, that part ended up getting cut. But Mike said he was going to keep looking for a way to bring him back, and he actually got him into the season, uh, episode uh, nine in season one, which was great. Rosemary's Boyfriend, such a great episode, the iconic Drowning Babies episode, and that's the appearance of Dale and uh, Ron Funches, who plays Janitor Hans. Uh, So that was very, very cool. And then sometime before season two, Mike called me up, and he asked me if I wanted to join the writer's room. And I was so stoked. I mean, I absolutely love the show. I love working with Mike. Um, But I have only been an actor in town. I'd never actually been in a writer's room. I um, had written a bunch of pilots and pitched a bunch of pilots all over town, but that was like the extent of my writing experience. I'd never actually been in a room, so I was very nervous. Um, but it's amazing how Mike runs the room. It's actually just like being an improviser in Chicago again. Every single person in that room has a voice. Every single person in that room gets a chance to get an idea out there. And then once that idea is out there, we really just sit back and we start riffing and making each other laugh. And we keep riffing and riffing until we got ourselves a really funny, formed idea. It's kind of an amazing job for a person who has spent their life doing improv comedy Um, because it's the closest you can get to getting paid to simply just sit in a room all day and improvise and make people laugh it's so much fun and Mike is so good at running the room and allowing that to happen Um, I guess one challenge would be not to make it all about you I think there's like when you're playing a character on the show there's probably a desire in some people to go in and try to just pitch a bunch of storylines about their character. I don't do that. Uh, neither do the other guys. Uh, and we never really <laughs> throw ourselves out there as like, what if this was a Dale episode? Um, because, you know, there's so many amazing characters to service, and you kind of just like want these guys to fit naturally into the story, especially someone like Dale. You don't want him in every single episode. You want him to pop up out of nowhere when he's needed. But other than that, I mean... I'd say it's probably just the greatest 
job I've had. Uh, being a writer and then being t- able to play a character on the show means that I get to see this like little baby from the day of birth. Like I'll see a story get developed. I'll see the story go into production. I'll see the story get cast. I'll see it start getting filmed. Um, and it really is such an amazing experience to be a part of. I'm like so excited to be a part of it. I hope we get to make a million more. And finally, on today's roll call, we bring you the secret weapon of AP Bio. She's bold. She's hilarious. Introducing Yu Yao Dun. Hi, my name is Yu Yao Dun. I play Yu Yao on AP Bio. And Sarah and Eddie's gonna write me, ask me a few questions. Hope they're too not too personal. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in a small town in southwest of part of China. It's really small. It's about like two hundred thousand people. How did you first hear about the AP Bio? Um, it was in the spring of twenty seventeen. Uh, I responded to a casting call from Central Casting. Uh, I was interviewed with many other people at the Universal lot. Then a week later, I got a phone call from Central Casting. Said, "Yeah, you booked the job." I was like, "Wow!" It's like Step into dog poops. It's a it's a Chinese expression meaning you you are having really unusually good luck. Uh, what was it like meeting Mike O'Brien and Oz Reggio Gates for the first time? Oh, they they were they were super friendly, really laid back. I immediately feel at ease, and they were really uh interested in what what high school life was like in China. Then I told them high school life was really intense. I would go to school at seven a.m. in the morning, then go home around like eleven、um, p.m. in the evening, ten eleven p.m. in the evening. I remember Oz was really shocked. He he said, "Oh, that's like a seven eleven schedule."、Uh, I found that was really funny. <laughs> What are some things you miss about China? Um,、uh, it might be a little bit weird to say this, but I really miss the public transportation in China. Cause you can easily get around by bus or by、uh, train. What are the differences and、uh, similarities between China and the U.S.? Ah,、uh, when I first moved to the U.S. in twenty fourteen, I noticed there's so there's so much space here and so few people. Sometimes just so few. You are. It's kind of weird that you are the only person on the sidewalk. It's kind of scary. I would. I would keep looking back, checking my surroundings. Yeah, some people give me a weird look, like a, some kind of nuts. Yeah. Um. So for the similarity, I think both Chinese people and the U.S. they are they're very pragmatic. They're both very um work or um work oriented, workaholic. Tell us more about your experience doing improv. Uh, I I I've gone through the improv training at the Second City. I really enjoy doing the improv games. It's really a great way to train your brain. It make you see things in a new way. Um, for me, the challenge is um the slants because your scene partners always throw all the slants at you. I remember this one time the my scene partner says, "Oh, I had a fender bender in the morning." I was just like froze. I have no idea what fender bender was. That was kind of 
uh, embarrassing. So after improv show, I immediately downloaded the slants and tried to learn more about the American slants. What is your favorite episode of AP Bio? Oh, there are so many, so many great episodes. Um, I think my favorite is Get Hoppy. It was really fun to play one of the young entrepreneurs on the show. And also it was so much fun to be able to speak Mandarin on the episode. What's a word in Mandarin that doesn't have a direct translation to English? Mm, I think the one that always come up is 加油. It's literally translated as adding fuel or adding oil. It's a very common expression of encouragement and support. It's kind of like at the football game, you say, go, go. Or when your friend is going to audition, if you sing 加油, it's like saying break a leg. What is the best part about working on AP Bio? Um, I think the best part is to working with this really talented comedians. I just love comedy. It's really a treat to watch those great comedians to perform right in front of your eyes. It's like watching a live show. Let's be real. It's real's world and we're just living in it. If you were ruler of your own country, what would be the first law you would introduce? Hmm... Taking public transportation mandatory? Just everybody, just taking public transportation, just stop driving. If your life was a song, what would it be? Under pressure, pressure down on you, pressure down on me, no one asked for. What inspired you to be an actor? Um, I think it's really fun. I, I, I was really into watching TV since what was it? Was a kid, I, yeah, I have been like a professional couch potato. I just love watching TV, love recreating scenes with my friends. Are there any actors that you look up to? Um, yeah, I really, I really like uh, Ricky Gervais. I really like his comedy style. Spencer Moore Jr. wants to know how filming this season of AP Bio was for you. Um, yeah, this season of AP Bio was definitely the best experience of 2020 be, be, beside the stimulus check um because everyone know each because we all know each other very well all like a big family everyone's so supportive on this show also it was it was a really great experience working with glenn where he directed his episode the purple's knee yeah he was he was so nice so laid back they gave me really good directions what question do you have for our next guest marisa baron Marisa, uh, I want to ask you, what was it like filming the episode Katie Homo's Day on that very super, super cold night in February? And late at night. What's your message for the next generation? Hmm, I think my only message for the next generation is don't take any messages from your previous generation. You can go your own way. Go your own way. That's all the lyrics I remember. Can I just say, you yeah done for President 2020 because public transportation is definitely the way to go. You yeah, you literally included two of my favorite songs between Under Pressure and Go Your Own Way. You have the key to my heart <laughs> forever and always. <laughs> and you are such a light. You yeah forever. And that's 
AP Bio, the podcast. Thank you, as always, to sound engineer and editor Trey Booty and producer Katie Wadsworth. A special thank you to our guests, Oz Rodriguez and Yu Yao Dunn. And a huge shout out to WWE announcer Lillian Garcia for her incredible intros throughout this episode. Be sure to tune in next week where we will talk about our season finale, Katie Homestay. Don't forget to catch up on every episode of AP Bio, streaming only on Peacock. And if you have a moment, please subscribe and rate our podcast. Final exams are just around the corner. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week.